Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Dennis Knows Food podcast. Okay, party, bonus. I'm your host, Luke Labrie, and in this episode, we're talking about delivery, getting food from point A to point B, from your kitchen to your customers. In mid-2020, with dining rooms across the country shuttered, the question of how to get food to customers without a dine-in option quickly became one of the food service industry's top priorities. Stepping in to address this pandemic-driven problem were platforms like Grubhub, Postmates, Uber Eats, and DoorDash, otherwise known as third-party delivery platforms. The attraction was almost immediate. They had the means to get food from a restaurant to someone who ordered it. All an operator needed to do was sign up. And sure enough, it was basically that easy. After all, the convenience of existing apps and the infrastructure to deal with delivery was already in place. Closed doors turned into open takeout windows almost overnight. Then the honeymoon period began to wear off. Food service operations that already dealt with razor-thin margins quickly realized that delivery convenience came at a cost. A cost to the tune of 15-30% to commission depending on the platform. On top of that, the user, the restaurant's customer, is often charged a delivery fee. I empathize with the frustrations of operators who just can't justify these delivery options because of the margins demanded by the platforms. For me though, it all came to a head during a Super Bowl 55 commercial break. Perhaps you saw it. The Uber Eats Eat Local spot featuring Mike Myers and Dana Carvey as Wayne and Garth. No way. Way. It was funny, right? It tapped into nostalgia, it had babies in costumes, and even a trendy pop star. So why'd this commercial make me want to blow chunks? Because it doesn't take a marketing degree to know that Super Bowl commercials ain't cheap. How much did they pay for that airtime? Not to mention the celebrity appearances. DoorDash spent somewhere in the neighborhood of six to seven million dollars to tell everyone that a dollar from each order is going to support Sesame Street. That was for two days, by the way, not a month, not a year or anything, two days. Do you think their hearts are in the right place? The audience of the internet certainly didn't think so. Here's what one person tweeted back at DoorDash after they announced they had raised $1 million for Sesame Workshop. DoorDash is valued at $29 billion. They take on average 25% of total orders from restaurants. If the average order is $30, that's $7.50 commission. They'll donate a dollar for each order. Hmm? DoorDash, well, your customers paid for that Super Bowl ad and that donation. I paraphrased a little there, but the internet was mad. Now, you may love your third-party delivery relationship. By all means, if it's working for you, then awesome. Keep going. Period. But I know the trials and tribulations of running a food-based business. So I started doing what I usually do and took a closer look. I not only found what I believe to be a great alternative to these third-party delivery platforms, but a familiar face in the process. This is in-house delivery, an alternative to the delivery platforms that spend millions and millions of dollars earned 
from double-digit commissions just to tell the world that they care. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast the Gary Vaynerchuk of food service, Mr. Josh <laughs> Kopel, and making his first appearance on our show, Mr. Roger Avitz, the creator of in-house delivery. Josh, I had to feign a little surprise when I saw you were involved in yet another innovation intended to help move the food service industry forward. Please, can you tell us a little bit about what in-house delivery is uh, all about? I would love to. Um, so, you know, in, in my effort here to save myself and save the industry simultaneously, uh, I've been looking for solutions, real solutions to real problems that we have. Um, because there's no shortage of tech companies out there providing us with solutions to problems we don't really have. They're, they're solving minor inconveniences, not the foundational issues that, that we actually have. Um, in, in doing that research and, and, through a, uh, and through an entrepreneurial network that I'm a part of, I met Roger, who had created InHouseDelivery.com. Uh, InhouseDelivery.com does what Uber Eats and Grubhub masquerade as, which is, you know, they, they, they say that they provide this infrastructural solution to help you do delivery. But what it really is, is it's, a, it's, a, it's another marketplace that's charging you a premium rate for access to your own customers. When all we really wanted was the ability to do delivery. And so... I reached out to Roger to see if it was the real deal. Um, and sure enough, it is exactly what he pitches it to be. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a technological solution that gives restaurants the ability to do delivery in-house, either through utilizing their own employees or he supplies them with independent contractors. And it was one of those things that just seemed to me like the right solution in the right moment. And you know, instead of Roger saying, hey, Josh, you're the Gary Vaynerchuk of hospitality. I'd love to have you on board. I turned to Roger and said, Roger, I think you're the Elon Musk of the hospitality industry. Uh, I want to jump on board your company. And that's, that's how this evolved. These uh, services like DoorDash and Uber Eats, Grubhub, they have an agenda and that is to be profitable and, and turn a profit for their shareholders. Restaurant owners and operators are working hard to just make ends meet right now. How, how has it taken this long for something like in-house delivery to come along? Like this seems kind of like a, a no-brainer. Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, Roger can really unpack this. The reason that, the reason that it hasn't existed before is because it's really hard to make it. And you know the, the underlying technology that Roger created is this AI that optimizes both driver scheduling, the routes, um, the whole process in general has to be streamlined. And that's hard to do, and it's really expensive to do. Um, you know, Roger sees, and Roger, I'm gonna, I promise I'm gonna let you talk. I know I talk a lot. Um, <laughs> Roger sees what the future of hospitality looks like, which is what I really attach to. He sees that restaurants can no longer afford to bring someone on for eight hours when they only need them for three. And, and the reason we've done that is because these are human beings. They need 40 hours a week so that they can support their families. Roger envisioned a scenario whereby one server, one bartender can be cross-trained to do multiple jobs across multiple restaurants 
and there can be a singular scheduling platform that enables them to work across all of them to get a full schedule, giving the restaurants the opportunity to only schedule people when they need them and giving the team the ability to work full time. That underlying technology that he created is the basis for inhousedelivery.com. What you've got to do for the user, to give them the power of all of that underlying technology, it should just be obvious, this is how it should work. And a person with a sixth grade education, uh, by the way, the sixth graders are pretty savvy on tech now, so maybe I should stop using that. As I don't think I could pass a sixth grade <laughs> test right now, so. <laughs> you know, but really, they should have the power without having to go read a user's manual. I mean, when have you seen somebody go buy a brand new iPhone or a brand new iPad with all of that power that it brings, have to go and open up a user's manual or even get on a phone to... Uh, learn on a training session how to do it. They don't. It's just, you, you, and that's how we've designed it because we knew that in order for it to be successful, people have got have other things to do. This, the thing should be of service to them to help them make their lives easier, not harder. The easy button option for delivery. Yeah. Yeah. The only buttons there, these easy buttons. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit about how it works. And we, I know it, there's, a lot of stuff churning in the background to do the calculations yeah. Josh mentioned, but in you, a nutshell. You, you, you betcha. So <clears throat> the gist of it is, uh, is that as Josh mentioned, um, uh, the restaurants, uh, you know, in the past, pizza places or Chinese restaurants and some others to typically were the ones that did their own delivery and they managed it uh, because people were used to doing business that way with that kind of restaurant. So when this uh, pandemic hit, literally, I'm seeing businesses in our neighborhood go out of business. Um, and, and then some that are really doing well and maybe doing better than they did before. And I looked to see what was it that was making the difference. So basically, outdoor dining was a savior. The ability to do drive-through. Uh, I literally saw the Chick-fil-A in our area make one drive-through into two, right? Because, and they're still backed up, right? Now they're doing curbside pickup and that's the other one the pickups and then people that were doing the self-delivery the pizza places and the chinese restaurants they were all doing fine uh and and to me i said wow and then how come the third party stuff isn't resonating with the restaurants the people we talked to they're like look the margins just aren't there in the food the margins are there in the booze and plus you know it's okay when delivery is a smaller part of the uh, equation to pay for new customers or pay for that, uh, the 30%. But when it becomes a big portion of our total business, it just isn't sustainable. So I said, hmm, well, long and short of it, all these restaurants, they don't need drivers all the time. They, they only want drivers when they need them, and we can tell them when they're going to need them. And if they have the right number of drivers working when they need them, this delivery fees and the service fees even when they're reasonably priced like five bucks or seven bucks, it more than offsets the cost of the delivery driver working and the restaurant can keep 100% of the check. So not only do you know how many drivers you need when, make sure the bright ones are scheduled. When the dispatch order comes in from the online ordering platform, the driver gets an optimized route to go make the delivery. If they're taking two or three orders at the same time, uh, it'll say which one should be dropped off first. They can uh, 
Also, uh, the customer gets what they want is like the big, two big questions. Like, where's my food and where am I going to get it, right? So they can track the driver, they get real-time ETA, and they can contact the driver. The restaurant gets what they want, which is to track the driver, have proof of delivery that the food got at the right place at the right time, uh, and get feedback from the customer. How was the delivery? Which only goes back to the restaurant. Doesn't go on a big billboard for the world to see, right? If something is missing or something is not right, the restaurant knows about it, the customer feels empowered to be able to get that corrected. And most importantly, the restaurant gets to know who their customers are and keep servicing them rather than have a layer in between that uh, all of a sudden the customer becomes the third party uh, company rather than uh, the real customer that wants to continue to enjoy the food that the restaurant is creating. And you know what the most powerful thing is that's resonating right now, Luke, is that a lot of these folks, unfortunately, have had to lay off people. So we tell them, look, we can help you with drivers that come in short if you need. However, what we encourage you to do is anybody you've laid off that you want to help, give them to us. We'll re we, we will come bring them back to you as independent contractors that come with insurance that will work for you for doing delivery for the times when you need. You're not only providing an affordable delivery service, but you're helping find employment for people who might be struggling uh, right now to, to fill that full-time gap. Our fundamental belief is in order for restaurants to get through this and get through this safely and securely, they need to know who their customers are, stay in contact with their customers and keep servicing them. And similarly with their workers, they need to keep their relationships intact with their workers that they've spent a long time hiring and training and, and, and keep that relationship intact so that when people get through this, everybody uh, is going to be there uh, safely and there's going to be a big uh, prize for everybody to share into because a lot of businesses unfortunately have gone out of business, the restaurant businesses, but the ones that remain, you have all of this pent up demand of people wanting to go enjoy life again. They will go back to the businesses that remain. When we look to the third party model, and I think the DoorDash's S1 really highlighted this, the drivers for DoorDash don't make any money. The restaurants working with DoorDash don't make any money. And the customers are paying a premium rate for, the, for this lackluster experience because one third party driver is going to 10 restaurants, not one. And so you're getting your food in a, in a worse state over a longer period of time. And there's just, none of it made sense, but a, a native platform where one driver is allocated to one restaurant for a definitive period of time, it made sense. The cost of the driver, that's separate. And is that negotiated by the food service establishment? I'd love to take that. The way we invoice for the driver is we, we allocate a $15 fee per hour per driver. So $15 per hour plus tips. If you don't make enough per delivery, we'll make up for it. And we've turned to restaurant partners and said, these people are able to conceptually become an extension of your team. You'll pay what you normally would for a, you know, as an hourly rate. If it ends up being more than that, we're happy to absorb that associated cost. And, and you can then in turn 
facilitate the employment of these people while we handle all of the back end effort. Just the idea of being able to know your driver and trust that your food is going to arrive at your customer the way you want it to is in and of itself probably one of the best points there. And it's free. It, it translates to being free because let's say you have that dedicated driver for one hour. They make three deliveries and you're charging a five or six dollar service fee per delivery. That service fee will offset the associated cost of the driver. Yeah. And one other thing to add, uh, Luke, uh, is that, um, is that you, you can uh, deliver cocktails now, right? And the thing is, is how wonderful, you know, order a couple of, you know, uh, fancy cocktails and to enjoy that I don't know how to make, nor do I want to mess with buying the ingredients to do. But now the restaurant keeps 100% of it. They don't have to now pay 30% of that to the third party, right? And so these are the things that the restaurants can leverage once they have the customer data to educate them that did you know that we just now have just made this fancy new margarita recipe or fancy new mar martini. And for you as a special customer, we're going to give you 20% off if you try it. Okay. And, and people will try it because what the hell, who doesn't want a martini on a Friday or a margarita or something, you know? Uh, and, 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 and this is how everything just comes kind of comes together. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, how are you presenting that to somebody who's never wanted to even approach using a third-party delivery platform because there's a learning curve? What's the learning curve like for in-house delivery? So almost everyone's using online scheduling software, right? So everyone understands that, that how to schedule their people, even if they're using an Excel document, that the driver scheduling platform it functions no different than any other online scheduling platform. It's drag and drop. It's based on availability. You can, you can actually tag the, the contractors that you like best um, so that, that you can have the same people functioning as an extension of your team over time. Uh, it, it is complete. It is not only native to the way we already do business, it's probably an improvement on that. In terms of the dispatch and all of that, it all happens seamlessly. So because it's AI powered, nobody's going into the back end and saying, all right, I want Steve to deliver this. Steve needs to go to this place, then this place, then this place. The tech takes care of all of it. It says, based on where Steve is in the world, Steve's definitely the guy that should bring this. He's going to take these three deliveries based on the amount of time that he has. These are the, this is the route Steve should take to get there. It's going to prompt Steve when he drops it off to take a photo, which automatically goes back. It's going to prompt via text message the customer to leave feedback so we know what kind of job Steve did. It's all, it, it's again, and I can't stress this enough because when people demo it, when they see it, they're like, oh, okay. There are a thousand, probably thousands of independent parts all working in unison to get this done. But all you see is a button. There's that easy button. Can you connect in-house delivery to what restaurants are using to manage their orders now and take online orders and yeah. plug and play? Yeah, it's all handled by the IHD team. So in, in terms of onboarding, we get people onboarded as quickly as one hour. Wow. Um, it, we can log into the back end of your system. We can, we can set it up for you. Um, and then you're off to the races. 
it, it's and then you decide whether you want to onboard your team into the platform or you want us to supply you with contractors. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, speaking as a restaurateur, one of the things that I was most concerned about in working with Roger was friction, meaning how difficult is it to onboard? How, you know, how complicated is this process? Because as a restaurateur working 80 to 100 hours a week, bandwidth is a huge issue. And, you know, time and time again, we adopt these new technologies, which automatically mandate that now someone has to manage this new technology, right? You bring on online reservation software, and now you need a reservationist to manage it. And so it was incredibly important to me that if this thing was going to work and work for the industry in the way that the industry needed, that it wasn't something that needed to be actively managed. That this is a reporting tool as well as an infrastructural tool so that you're not having to go in, approve deliveries, approve this, approve that, that it all works seamlessly. One of the things that the IHD software does so well is incorporate platforms like Toast POS, um, Heartland, Chow Now, all of these different platforms that people are already using will blend seamlessly with the infrastructure that Rogers created. Gloria Foods on there? You betcha. All right. Uh, that's the one I've been recommending because it's free. So, that's yeah. it. so now you can get free online ordering, yep. delivery that you're not going to lose your shirt on, and happy customers. It's just yeah. it's winning and, and, across and, the and, board, guys. And happy workers. That's right. That's right. And so now, you know, you put your, your, your delivery driver cap on, you think, okay, well, I'm, I can go deliver for this breakfast place in the morning, take the afternoon off and then go do, you know, the, this diner at night that's, you know, crushing it. So yep. that, that's a ton of opportunity there. And I live in a small community, so you could very quickly see how somebody with a good reputation uh, could earn some cash working for various businesses different days of the week. Or different hours of the day. You you betcha. It creates accountability. See, you, you, they do a good job. They're going to be rewarded. Data privacy. Um, those are all kind of like hot topics right now. Who owns the data that's being sent across the wire, and and can the operator download it to use it in a spreadsheet? It's all their data, and it's all their data. We're not in the data business. We are in the software business serving all three stakeholders in a balanced, sustainable way. And the three stakeholders are the restaurant partners, the driver partners, and the customers. You know, one of the things that Roger has provided is the transparency of, of an infrastructural solution that functions as an infrastructural solution. The reason we are where we are as an industry is because we have allowed everyone else to run our businesses for us. And it just doesn't work anymore. So, you know, companies like in-house delivery are saying, you should run your business. We'll make it as easy as possible for you to do it, but you own your customers. You own your data. You own that end-to-end -end experience, which is vital. And once we take ownership of that, we can then turn around and take ownership of our future as independent restaurateurs and as an industry. My restaurant, like, like I'm a real life restaurateur, my restaurant netted out about 10%. So how on earth could I pay 30% in commissions? You've got these four course pre-fee menus that are now being supplied through delivery. And when you're, when you're spending 
percent of that just to have it delivered to someone's house it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense living up here in the the great state of maine we tend to receive technology a little bit later than everybody else like my mother-in-law just got broadband last year so you know it's like baby steps right five years ago we heard the inklings of these delivery platforms coming to southern maine and you know maybe there was one driver who was experimenting with doordash in our neighborhood in-house delivery doesn't necessarily rely and or at least as i understand it on a dense population. All you need is a guy with a car and insurance. Right. He can service the restaurant you got in it. the area. You got it. Hey, do we want to serve everybody, uh, especially, you know, places like that there. Uh, and, and everybody knows everybody, right? They're, they're going to do a great job. And can you get decals for his car? You get some vinyl <laughs> stickers and stuff. <laughs> well, but that's right. But that's the great thing about it is these aren't in-house delivery drivers. These are your drivers. You own, you own the experience. So like if it was me, I would rig that person out. And when they go up, they would say what I want them to say. And, and they, would, they would function in the way that I want them to function. They would present the food in the way that I want it presented. They would thank them sincerely instead of like dropping it at the door and running away that, you know, they would take three steps back so that that social distancing is maintained. And they would say, hey, I just want to thank you so much for giving us your business. It means a lot to us in this difficult moment. You control the end-to-end experience, which is vital. So guys, how, how does the pricing work on this? How is it set up and, and how, how can an operator expect to, to, to budget for this and, and work it into their, um, their delivery method? So third-party delivery charges you 15 to 30% commission. Our platform enables you to get rid of that commission entirely. We charge $1 per delivery. And if you use our independent contractors, it's $1 per delivery plus the associated cost of the driver. Uh, And the average cost of that driver is going to be about $6 per delivery. So uh, the onboarding costs $149 and there's a $99 a month fee associated with the platform. Uh, For your listeners, we're going to waive both in perpetuity forever. So if they want to come on board, there are no installation fees. There's no monthly commitment. If you use the service, it's a dollar per delivery. And if not, you're good to go. So I don't know if we can make it any cheaper or more accessible than that. Wow. Is there like a a code, like a a Dennis Knows Food code they get a bunch in or something? Absolutely. So if you go to inhousedelivery.com and you fill out the form, when when we reach back out to you, just let us know that you found out about us through uh, Dennis Knows Food. Um, and we'll, we'll apply those, uh, those discounts. That is huge. Now I feel like I'm part of something important and moving the industry forward as well. <laughs> we, all, we all knew intuitively that something like this needed to happen. And we have the good fortune in this difficult time of being able to turn to a dude like Roger who took the time and the effort to create it. It just, it makes sense on its face and it makes sense in action. And so I'm super excited about it myself. Well, Roger, Josh, I really appreciate your time today. I think you guys have got something really awesome here, and I cannot wait to get the word out about this. Thank you, man. Thanks. Take care. Well, that's going to do it for us and episode 63 of the Dennis Knows Food podcast. I'd like to thank Roger and Josh for joining me today. If you'd like to learn more about in-house delivery, you can visit their website at 
inhousedelivery.com. There, you'll find an explainer video that breaks down how it all works and an ROI calculator so that you can see how much money you'll save on delivery. As always, I'm your host, Luke Labrie, and we're putting the foodie back in food service. For more news, recipes, products, and inspiration, visit us online at dennisexpress.com.